Well, happy Father's Day again. And how many more fathers do we have since everybody's a father today, I think. How many fathers do we have here? Five, four, okay. Well, you know, it's a, it's a big responsibility, isn't it, to be a father? It is a big responsibility. Uh, we should not take that lightly, should we? But as a way to lead your family, uh, I'm not saying any father here is perfect. I know we all make mistakes, but uh, we try, you know. And as a way to lead your family, first of all, in gentleness, you want to lead your family in love and, and try to be the best example that you can and to try, if you can, to spend quality time with your, with your families because it's not easy anymore for children to grow up. Kids are facing things now that I never had to face when I was growing up. I never knew what drugs was. I never knew what uh, marijuana was. I never even seen one growing to school. But kids today are facing more peer pressure than ever. And they are facing more dangerous things than ever. So I think the father must warn their kids of the dangers that are out there. You know, we want to Give our kids the wisdom that we've learned. Pass it down to your children. Maybe they won't make the same mistakes that we made. Um, if you were here this morning and you're, and you're not a father, you're not married, and you don't have kids, so you can listen up. So when you get married, you'll know exactly how to do this. In many cases, though, father has abandoned their God-given role. Many Christian father has been preoccupied with Many things, TV sets, uh, business, uh, money, uh, accum accumulating material things, their priorities are totally wrong. Even, even believers' priorities can get twisted. But the vast majority of children who grew up with no father, the vast majority of children who grew up with no father are more apt to get in trouble. They're more prone to drugs. They're more prone to alcohol. They are more prone to join gangs because they never had that father figure. In many cases, parents don't talk to their children. Uh, sometimes parents just don't communicate to their children. They're too busy watching TV or internet or, or something. But when your, when your child comes to you, uh, make sure you listen because he could be going through something that he's not telling you. And many times the parents are the last ones to know when the children are going through issues. They says, while children are watching TV, alcohol is being used 10 to 1 to the next beverage, to the next beverage, which is coffee. According to the National Federation of Decency, 88% of all sex is outside of marriage as you watch television. And your children are watch that. So parents, we must try our best to protect their little minds because there are a lot of things that they are watching that they're not going to be able to handle. There's many more temptations. And they are dealing with things. They're dealing with danger. It's dangerous for the children now. They even have um, people kidnapping children and, you know, things like that today. The tendency for, for men to say, you know, I heard men say this, say, you know, I earned a living, I'll make the money, but the wife, she'll raise the children, which I don't know where they got that from, but it's not in the Bible. 
Well, you know, I'll make the money. I'll pay the bills. But it's my wife's job to to raise the children. No, you are the leader. You are the father. Father, you should know where your children are at all times. When I was growing up in Tennessee, my parents knew exactly who I was hanging out with and they knew exactly where I was because I had to tell them before I left the house and they would check up on me to see if I said, if, if I was where I told them that I would be, they would check up on me to find out. So you got to watch out, parents, who your kids are hanging out, hanging out with. I hope they have godly friends. Many parents don't know who their kids are hanging out with, but the Bible says, you know, be not deceased. Evil company corrupts good habits. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Evil company, who you hang out with, instead of you pulling them up, they will pull you down. Fathers, the attack now is on the family. Satan knows if he can destroy the family, he can destroy the church. He's destroying marriages. He's destroying children. The thief came not but to what? Steal, kill, and to destroy. That is his job. So it's not going to get any easier. So we got to be on our game. If you're in the ministry, the ministry is not your first priority. The first priority is Jesus Christ and the wife, the children, and then the ministry. I've known pastors who've put the ministry first and lost their families. Ministry, yes, ministry, 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 and they neglected their children, they neglected their wife, and, and some of the pastors that I know when I was in California, some of those pastors are now divorced because of ministry, 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 and they ignored their family. They was too busy to minister to their wife, and they were too ministry, too busy to minister to their children. They were busy solving everybody else's problems, but they ignored their home. The pastor is, is only one person. You know, he can't do everything in the church. A pastor is not supposed to do everything in the church. Everybody in this church is gifted. And what we need to do in this church, in every church, is to find out what your gift is and use the gift and talents that God has given you. Because everybody is gifted. You know, if, if it's left up to the pastor to do everything, a lot of things just going to have to go undone because there's only so much time in the day but first of all, the, 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 the father is supposed to be the, uh, the breadwinner. Uh, he's supposed to be the breadwinner. Uh, the Bible said, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and he is worse than an infidel. He is worse than an unbeliever. Most pagans would do that, provide for, they, for their families. He said, if you're a believer and you provide not your, for your family, you are worse than an unbeliever. Because you live into a higher standard and you know what the scripture says. So, uh, you know, when Adam sinned in the garden, you know, the first thing God gave him was a job. Sorry about that. The Bible says that we are the breadwinners, we are the head, we are the leaders. So what comes with leadership is responsibility. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. In many ways a father can provoke his children. It says, Fathers, 
Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. You know, unrealistic demands, you expect perfection. Uh, you can provoke your kids in many ways, being too harsh, too demanding. You can be too controlling, unforgiving, or just plain mean, plain angry. And you know you can pass that anger on down to your children and they will pass it down to their children. So you got to watch. You can't be angry about everything. Don't let everything upset you. Your verbal communication tells that you're angry. Many times they say it's the kid's problem, but many times it's not the kid's problem. It's the parent's problem. You are the leader. So don't provoke your kids to anger. We don't want to pass that bad behavior. You don't want them to pass that bad behavior down to their children. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That word provoke means you can irritate them. You can make them angry. You're putting too many unrealistic expectations on the kids and you don't lighten, you don't lighten up. You are constantly finding fault. You don't commend them on what he does right, but as soon, as soon as he does something wrong, you are quick to point the finger. You can discourage that kid. In a lot of ways, you can discourage the kid by overprotection. You know, fence him in where you don't trust, you don't trust him. Uh, you wondering all the time if he's telling you the truth. Never let, never let him take any risk. Never uh, develop independence. And you'll find, fathers, at a, as a kid gets older, they will become more and more independent of you. They want to make more decisions. But we have to tell them they got to face this world one day. And one day they're going to face this world and they're going to have to make decisions without you. So you want to just lighten up. Don't fence them in. Don't overprotect them. Let them be independent. Let them take a little risk here and there. Take advantage of opportunities that as they grow up, let them be independent of you. And let them make their own decisions. If you, pray, if you raise a child up in the ways of Christ in the church and if that child grows up and if that child chooses not to serve Christ, that is not your fault. You brought the kids up and I've known people who raised their children in the church. But when the children got up in age, got grown, they don't want to have anything to do with the church. They don't want to have anything to do with the scripture. Uh, that is not your decision. That's their decision. You've done your best to train them in the ways of Christ. And if they get truth, if they get grown and choose to walk away, that's not your call. That's not your, your responsibility. You can pray for them that God will return and maybe they will. But there's a lot of ways you can discourage your children. Another way is favoritism. Don't compare every child with his siblings. Every child is different. Every child has different personalities. Uh, you can make them angry. You can crush his spirit by showing favoritism. Don't say, don't say things like, don't say things like, you know what? I wish you was bright just like your sister. You know, your sister never gives me any problem, but you, you always give me problems. She gets great. She gets good grades all the time, but you you never get good grades. If your kids are picking up 
you know, bad habits, they might be getting those bad habits from you. So be careful, my friend. Be careful. You can have, you can show favoritism, and the child can know, a child knows when you play favoritism. They know because they're old enough and they watch. So I'm trying to watch myself around my children. I'm not perfect. But let's try to be the best example that we can. And you know, a good father, too, makes he's going to make mistakes. I haven't done everything right. But you know what? If you will, I know we're not perfect. But if you will admit your mistakes in front of your children and tell them that you're wrong and you're sorry, that goes a long ways. Don't, don't think that you're right all the time because you're not. I mean, some people think they are, but you're not. Everybody's wrong sometimes. Don't forget to say that you're sorry. If you, ch- if you talk to that child in anger and say something that maybe you shouldn't have said, why not say you're sorry? So, you know, you made a mistake. Admitting your mistakes, admitting your mistakes will go a long ways and win a lot of respect if you just admit your mistakes. You can irritate the child. You can make him angry. Another way you can discourage a child is pushing achievements. You're going to push achievements on the child. You shove your child so hard to fulfill the goals that you never accomplished. That will destroy him. You're pushing the child to accomplish goals that you never accomplished. Many many parents pressure their children to excel in sports or things that the child has no interest in at all. Maybe you do. But maybe he doesn't. It's not fair to put what you want the child to be. Maybe you wanted that for yourself, but the child might have told different interests in different careers. Don't try to choose their career for them. Let them choose it themselves. If you try to push it on them and if you try to force some on them that they're not interested in, that's going to discourage them. Don't do that. Let them choose for themselves. Discouragement. You can provoke a child to wrath just by just discouraging, making them feel uh, unloved or unwanted. Nothing is, you know, just pick, pick, pick at the kid. You know, nothing is never good enough. You're never giving him approval, rewards or honor. Every time you tell a child what he's doing wrong, you should tell him what he's doing right. Failure to sacrifice for, for, for a child. You know, a family is sacrifice. Sometimes you got to do things that you don't want to do. Failure to sacrifice, making them feel like they are an intrusion to you, like they are a bother to you. You say things like, you know, I would like to go out to dinner tonight, but I got these kids, man. Can't go. I got to get a babysitter. I got to pay a babysitter. Wasn't for them. I could have my dinner and do what I want to do. Don't let your, don't say that because those kids are going to pick up on that. Don't let them feel like they are intrusion in your life, like they are bother to you. Another way you can really discourage your kids is just neglect them. A lot of families are just being neglected. 
in a lot of Christian families. They think, you know, if I neglect my, my family, if I neglect my wife, if I neglect my kids, if I neglect all, everything just going to work out in the end. Wrong. It's going to work out, all right, in the wrong way. If you neglect them, you're going to lose them. Withdrawing love. Always let, you know, a family say, well, you know, I won't love you if you do that. Don't ever tell a kid that. Don't never withdraw love. Let them know you love them and tell them. And sometimes the father withdraws love from his children, maybe because his parents withdrew love from him. And when he gets married, it's very hard for him to show love to his spouse or to his children. I've talked to people like that in ministries where the father never showed them love, ever. The man grows up, he gets married. Now, it's very hard for him to show love, affection to his wife because it was never shown to him in the home. It's very sad. If you have kids, tell them you love them. Tell them you love them while you can because they grow up so fast, pretty soon they're going to be gone. You must tell a child you love them while they're with you by your actions. Go to their baseball games. Go to their basketball games. If they're involved in sports or music or wherever it is, Father, if it's all possible, you be there with them to show your support. Bitter words is another way, you know, I've, I've seen parents call kids names. That, that could discourage a kid. You know, you're stupid. You'll never amount to, you, you wouldn't believe what parents will say to, to their children, but I know, I've heard it. Bitter words, you better watch your words because these little brains, the little, little brains are very fragile. And some things you take, and some things you say you can't take back. Once, once you say it, it's, it's been said. You can't take it back because that child is not going to forget it. I was talking to a kid last year. She said, my mom told me that she didn't love me and that she didn't even want me. I've, I've talked to people like that. Children said, have told me that my parents don't love me. And they told me that they don't want me. Now, that's damaging. That kid will be scarred for life. For life. So you got to watch what you say. You know, James said, if a man can't brow his tongue, his religion is nothing. You got to watch what's come out of your mouth, man. You just can't just blurt things out. Bitter words. We got to watch what we say. And coming from a father of a mother is very devastating. Every Father's Day, I don't tell my kids to call me. I know, I know they're going to call. I never. I never say, hey, you guys. Okay, now you guys know it's Father's Day now. Um, are y'all going to call me or not? Hey, are you going to take me out to dinner? What's up? I ain't got to say that. That phone going to be ringing off the hook today. I said, hey, son, where are you? He said, I'm in New York, Dad. I said, what? Yeah, I'm driving to New York. Uh, then I'm going to drive to Chicago, and then I'm going to Boston. Him and his friends. They know, uh, um, I don't know, my wife and I, we like to travel. We like, I like to drive. I like to travel. I like, I like to take road trips. I like today, when I leave here today, I'm going to the beach. Yeah, the beach. 
I'm going to go home and change clothes and put my shorts on. Y'all do what you want, but I'm out here. I'm not going to let this good weather get past and don't do nothing. You know, a bad temper. We ought to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, right? Bad temper. Not being gentle. No time for them. A workaholic. Broken promises. You tell little Johnny or Jim or whatever his name is, say, I'm going to take you fishing on Saturday. And Saturday comes around and, man, you says, oh, no, I can't. Man, I got, I got, I'm a pastor, man. I got ministry. I got people I got to see. He'd been waiting all the week for you to take him fishing. Saturday morning wakes up, he's all excited, and you go to him and say, I'm sorry, I can't take you now because I got to do this, this, and this. We got to learn to keep our word, keep our promises. If you promise to take him fishing, don't disappoint him. You take him fishing. Because those, those times you can never regain. A family, can, a family can survive without a nation, but a nation cannot survive without a family. They say the best thing that you could do for your children is to love your wife. So fathers and husbands, go home and love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Because your son is watching you in the same way that you treat your wife, it's the same way he's going to treat his wife. Because you are the example. He's watching your example, and we teach not by what we say, we teach by what we do. You say, yes, you are a leader of the home, but the leader of the home comes responsibility, and the Holy Spirit has to help us do these things. And convict us when we, when we are wrong. You never stop being a father. I don't care how old your kids are. My parents told me when I was growing up, she said, you know what? You get in trouble, you call home. I tell my kids today, you got a problem? You call me. Don't call the president. You call me. I got you. I got you. And they know it. Now, I don't know. I don't mean it. I'm not going to call no names, but my son ran out of gas on the freeway last week. And I'm thinking, run out of gas, dude. I could have said, you know what? You ran out of gas. He said, well, I thought I could make it, but I didn't make it. So here I am on that crowded freeway with a gallon of gas, put the gas in the car. He started the car up and I didn't scold him for it. I said, you know, I got, I got to watch my tongue here. You know, I could, I could have said, you know, now you know the, ga- you know the car needs gas in it. Now you know that. Why didn't you put gas in it? You're going to run the thing out of it. Ga- I said, bridle your tongue. Sometimes it's just best to be silent, you know. <laughs> so I put the gas in the car, and he went on his merry way, and he was very thankful. Uh, aren't you glad that when we make mistakes, God just don't kick us to the curb? Aren't you glad of that? You know, we make mistakes. We fall short. We don't always get it right. And God is so forgiving. He says, man, just pick yourself up and keep moving. If you, if you fall, pick yourself up and keep going. God is full of grace and forgiveness. And he, you know, he's, a, he's a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. You never stop being a father. 
they grow up fast. If my kids uh, know that you have to know that you love them because uh, they have to know that you love them. And if you love them, you know you have to correct them sometimes. Because you know the Bible says, Hebrews 12, right? Who the Lord loves, he chastens, right? But you don't want to chasten the kid out of, out of anger. You want to be firm, yes, but you want to be fair and you want to be consistent and you want to set guidelines so the kid is know exactly he can't cross those guidelines. He, if you cross the guidelines, this is going to be the consequences. He got to know that up front. So a father got to be firm. He got to be consistent and don't spank the kid out of anger. What you ought to do is get some self-control over your own self before you do anything. Don't discipline out of anger. You raise that kid in the ways of God and don't spank in anger. I don't even think a parent should spank a kid with their hands. A neutral object like a spoon or something like that, but I think the hands is for love and not just, I've seen, I've seen people hit the kid, you know, with their hands. I, don't, I, I think that's poor parent, parenthood. I don't think they should do that. Let the kids know that you love them. Be willing to listen. I was talking to a little girl years ago and the girl got raped. And she went to tell her parents. And the parents says, ah, that didn't happen. That didn't. But it was true. The parents wouldn't listen. When your kids, you should be able to read your kids like a book. When my kid walk into the house and I look into their face, I know something's up. I know something's wrong. Because they, they, they don't have to say it, but I says, okay, come on. I can't help you unless you tell me what's going on. What's going on? The main thing is to be there as much as you can and with God's help. And we're going to need God's help. But something has radically gone wrong with the home today. You know, you got more broken homes now than ever. Single parents are on the increase. Over half of all mothers are now outside the home. And many of them have small children. The average American child from 6 to 16 watches from 20 to 24 hours of television every week. 20 to 24 hours. This is survey from 1978. Lord knows how much they're watching now. And I've heard parents say, go watch TV. I don't got time. Go watch TV. Well, the TV is raising your kid. So you got, you got to be very careful what those kids are watching on that internet. You got to be very careful what those kids are watching on their television. It's a bad influence bad for a young mind. The first institution that God founded was the home. As the saying goes, as the home goes, so does the society and the nation. As the home goes, so does the society and the nation. So Christian families ought to attend public worship together. Bring your, 
bring your children to church, explain the word of God to them, be a spiritual leader to your families the best you can, but you don't want to abuse your power. Remember that your children... Your children are on loan right now. They really belong to the Lord, but he's given you responsibility. You are a steward. Let them know you are there for them, tenderness and love, and be not impatient with them. And don't expect perfection because you're not perfect either. Fathers are to use their authority with love lest they make their children angry, and resentment. One in three families are, right now they say it's, are, they're missing a dad in the home. That father figure. And it shows in our society today. Father, work, 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 work. I've never been in a hospital, stood over a person's bed where He's passing away and said that I wish I had worked more. I've heard people say, I wish I had spent more time with the family. I've heard people say that. But I've never heard a guy say, I wish I had spent more time at the office. Never. So if you're a father today, first of all, try to be the best you can. Let them know you're not perfect. Encourage them in the things that they want to do. For me, it was very hard to let my kids go when they got up in age. It was very hard to let them go. There was, my daughter said she was going to get married. I go, no, you're not. <laughs> she said, yes, I am. I said, okay, well, are you, you know, anyway, that's a long story because, uh, you know, when you, you, your daughter is just different for some reason or other. I don't know why. It's just hard for me anyway to let my daughter go. And uh, she starts crying. You don't, no one measures up to your expectations. I said, you're right, they don't. You don't like any of my boyfriends. You're right, I don't like none of them. But she felt that this one person that she married, and now they've been married, happily married now for years, and they're doing fine. And I had to do their wedding, I didn't, which I didn't want to do, but I had to do it. Because, <laughs> you know, giving my daughter away was just different than doing, uh, doing anybody else's wedding. Because she's your daughter, and you want the best for her. You don't want her to get hurt. So I finally got through it. But it was very hard to do that. But I'm glad I did now. Because if I had not done that, I would think, well, you know what? That's weak, man. You know, you got to do it. You know, you don't want to do it because, you know, you might start crying and all this. And, and I came close, but you go into their room the next day and they're not there. Oh, man, I feel like crying right now. Let me, let me change the subject here. <laughs> But God bless you, fathers. I'm glad that I had just a chance to talk to you guys a few minutes. And you know, this is an ongoing thing. I just can't say it. Everything that has to be done. But every child is different. Every situation is different. And every father is different. But if you just let them know, man, 
no matter what goes down the pike, I got your back. You can always come to me. And raise them up as soon as you can in the ways of the Lord. Soon as you can. And show them love. So many, so many, so many fathers, they say it's very hard for them to express love, but uh, you have to do that because if you express love to them, they will express love to their families. So you have to let them know and tell them often that you appreciate them, that you love them, and you're always there for them no matter what. I told my kids, they, you can tell me anything because you can't tell me nothing I haven't heard. Nothing. So you can tell me anything. And I told them that communication is always open. However, uh, if they choose not to tell me, uh, I don't interfere. I think many times the parents interfere too much in the children's business. Even when the kid is grown and married, sometimes the parents still want to tell the kid, no, he's grown now. They got to make their own decisions. I know you don't like it, but they got to make their own decisions and they got to make their own choices Apart from you, they haven't, got, they haven't got to get your approval. So you got to let that happen. And just pray over them and put them in God's care, and it will be just fine. So with that, let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we can come and that we can just share a little bit this morning about fatherhood. And I pray, Lord, I can practice what I preach. And I pray, God, that I won't be a, a, a poor example I pray I can be the best example I can for my family. And if you're watching today, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Ask Christ to come into your heart right now because tomorrow is not promised. Jesus could come back today. We know, God, that we're in the last times, in times right now. And all the prophecies has been fulfilled that has to be fulfilled before the rapture takes place. And we know we're in the last days. Help us, Lord, to be salt and light, especially in the home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand.